0: This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability show for CPAs, where we're always discovering how to create better clients, a better practice, and a better life. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, founder and CEO of the Wealth Ability Network. What if you didn't have to do any of the stuff you hate doing and at the same time could actually make more money by not doing it. Today, we're going to discuss how to do only those things that you love to do, and by only doing those things you love to do, actually making more money and building your business and expanding your practice. We're really talking about delegating right? This whole word of delegation and it's a word that's been bandied about for years and years and years and I think it's completely misunderstood and it's something that we as CPAs don't do really well. That's just my observation. You know we're the ones that when we were in school right and there was a group project we're the ones that go well I'm just gonna do that because I want to make sure it gets done right. We're the ones who are always saying, well, if you want to get something done right, you have to do it yourself. So how do these bigger businesses, whether they're law firms, whether they're other types of companies, how do they get big? How do they do this and not do it all themselves? Because there's no way we can serve more clients and serve them better and do it all ourselves. So there's this concept that I've heard my whole life well you know you got to work on your weaknesses you got to you really focus on your weaknesses and you got to overcome your weaknesses and I'm at that age where I'm going that doesn't work I'm not about overcoming my weaknesses I'm going to be really clear on this I have weaknesses I admit their weaknesses rather than overcome my weaknesses I would rather focus on my strengths here's why Think about what you're really good at. Why are you good at it? Well, in part, because you like doing it. You spend more time at it. You practice it. You get better and better at it. Well, why not do just those things that you're really good at? Why actually focus on your weaknesses? Why not let somebody else... Your weakness is somebody else's strength. Once again, say this to yourself. My weakness is somebody else's strength. So what I want to discuss today is how to focus really exclusively on those things that only you can do. Years ago, I was hired as the in-house tax advisor for Pinnacle West, which at the time, actually, that I was hired was actually a Fortune 500 company. And they're still a really big company. And we had our own tax department. And my job was all the research the uh, legislation, and the tax planning. There was another department and another supervisor whose job was taking care of tax returns, and his name was Jim, and, and Jim and I became very good friends. And Jim taught me something that I've never forgotten, and I'm always so appreciative of this. He said, Tom, if there's something that somebody else can do, 80% as well as you can do, you need to let them do it. I'm going, well, this is actually easy because there's a lot of stuff I'm doing that other people can do 100% better than I do, right? There's always things that we're doing that somebody else literally could do them better than we can do them. So here's what I focus on. It's just what I do in my practice. This is what I do at Wealth of This is what I do in my CPA firm. Is I look at first, every week, I'm looking at what is it that I'm doing that somebody else could do? What is it that I'm doing that somebody else could do? Because I only want to be doing those things that only I can do. And then what I want to do is I want to figure out how, to, how people can do those things that only I can do now. So the very first step I would suggest is if you want to expand your business, meaning that, and you want to spend less time at work and more time doing the things you love to do, then focus on what do you love to do? So I would start by making a list of what is it that you're doing that you love to do? What do you absolutely love to do? And it may be that there's nothing you're doing that you love to do. In that case, I would say, let's find another job or another business. My guess is that there are things that you go, I love this part of my job. And some of it might be your clients. Some of it might be you love research. Some of it might be you love the administrative work. We're all different. So focus, write down everything you absolutely love to do. Then write down everything you do. When you look at everything you do and you go, okay, that doesn't match up with what I love to do, then take all those things you don't love to do And we're going to set those aside for right now because we're going to find somebody else who loves to do them. See my, my partner, Ann and I, we've been partners since 2001. So I'll let you do the math and we're very different. I love being in front of people. I love sitting down with clients. I love sitting down with anybody really to have a conversation. I love being in front of audiences. Ann doesn't like any of that stuff. Now, what Ann loves is she loves sitting down and getting work done. She loves the systems. She loves setting up new systems. She loves making sure all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed. I'm terrible at that. So we've had this really great partnership because we do what we're good at and we recognize that what we're not good at, now, fortunately, somebody else loves doing that. So it's not that we're taking those things that nobody wants to do and forcing somebody else to do it. That would be like abusive, right? One of the definitions of abuse that I really, lo- that I really like is that abuse is when you require somebody else to do something that they don't want to do or, whether or when you prevent them from doing something they do want to do. So rather than create a system of abuse, either for ourselves, by the way, that applies to ourselves. So if we're doing things we don't really want to do, we are self-abusing, right? We're abusing ourselves. So let's look at, there are recognize that there are things that we're doing that we don't like to do, and there's somebody else out there who does like to do them. I think we, we, we have this tendency to believe that other people think the way we do which I've discovered is not the case most of the time. So what we do is we look at, all right, so what do other people want to do? So I'm going to start with what I want to do and what I don't want to do. Then I'm going to look, go to my staff and say, okay, every single staff member, what is it that they love to do? I want to know. And what are they, and what are they doing that they don't want to do? Now, the goal here is to discover what they are really good at and what they really want to be good at and focus on their strengths. When we do that, then we can find somebody else who wants to do what they don't want to do. I guarantee you've got staff right now that don't want to talk to clients. You have other staff that that's all they want to do is talk to clients. So, why are you forcing the ones who aren't good at and don't want to be good at talking to clients? Why are you having them talk to clients? And why are you preventing the people who love talking to clients from talking to clients? Just as an example. So, we start with ourselves, then we go to our staff. Now, what you're going to, I think, what you will find, this is what I find, is that There are a lot of things that I don't like to do that somebody else in my organization loves to do. Now in my CPA firm, my partner Karen, she loves dotting the I's, crossing the T's. She doesn't like doing the strong conversations with clients. She does not love the client work. I mean, she likes doing the work. She loves reviewing tax returns. She loves doing that part of the work, but actually having that interaction with the client And actually coming up with new ideas and so forth, very stressful for her. So that's our deal. That's my job. I come up with the new ideas. I interact with the clients on on those things. She doesn't have to do that. She dots the I's and crosses the T's and makes sure things get done like tax returns, detailed reviews. We take this to such an extent that she's realized that having me do detailed reviews on tax returns is a bad idea. I will miss something. I will. I absolutely will miss something and I will struggle and struggle and I will give it all I can and I will still miss something. On the other hand, she will get it and she may miss something on a big technical picture, but she will never miss a little, an I to be dotted or a T to be crossed. And she'll make sure that that return gets out the door. So she actually, any return that I happen to look at, she makes sure she looks at before it goes out the door. It's because that's her strength And it's my weakness. So we look at everybody on our team. Now, there are gonna be some things that nobody on the staff wants to do, and they are something, they're things that have to be done. So what do we do? We recruit to that. We find somebody who wants to do it. The very first person you're gonna find is you're gonna find that you're going to want. A personal assistant to me this is the one of the most important things we can do to improve our life and to increase our productivity now I'm not talking about an executive assistant I'm talking about a personal assistant so my personal assistant if I need her to pick up my laundry now normally I pick up my laundry but if I need her to pick up my laundry because it's I, I don't have time for it or I don't want that to be done then she knows that that's fine for her she doesn't mind That's part of her job. Actually, she likes doing these little tasks. That's what she's good at. So my personal assistant now that I heard a great idea the other day, and I'm going to implement this, and that is that maybe your assistant needs an assistant. And maybe you want to start with a virtual assistant. For me, I'm going to be sitting down with my personal assistant and saying, okay, what virtual assistants might help you get more done so that You can help me more with the things that only you like to do. Because even with a personal assistant, what do they love to do? What don't they, you know, what's a struggle for them to do? Is there somebody else? Is there somewhere for them to go to get that done that will be more successful for them? So we're talking about being more effective. Now, once we do that with ourselves and with our staff, now we can actually be talking to our clients about that. Right, what are they doing? And one of the things that I'm a big believer in, we shouldn't be doing anything, we shouldn't be telling our clients to do anything we don't already do. So we shouldn't be suggesting any tax planning for our clients that we're not doing. We shouldn't be suggesting anything for them to improve their business that we're not doing. We have to improve ourselves first. It's called personal development. We have to become bigger people. We have to become better people. We have to be able to do, have more capacity. Well, where are we going to get the capacity? We're going to get the capacity by having other people do those things that we're not as good at. So I'm not talking about just offloading work. I'm talking about being very strategic about what work we offload and how we offload it. Okay? So we want to make sure that this is something, whoever we're offloading it to, whoever we're delegating to, that this is something they want to do. That this is something that is not a struggle for them. That We're not trying to make them overcome a weakness, but rather we're focusing on a strength. And okay, now they may have to learn it. That's different. Okay? It may be a struggle for them to learn it, but once they learn it, they're going, yeah, if I know how to do this, I'm going to, be, I, I'm going to love doing it. I just don't know how to do it. That's different, that's training. Actually, doing the delegation though means they know what we're expecting, they know when we expect it, and it's something that they're going to want to do. Because if they don't want to do it, let me tell you, it, it, it does not play out well. I've turned things over to people, they didn't want to do it any more than I did it, and they did it because I'd asked them to, and I have the authority to do that, But in a way, that goes back to that definition of abuse. So I wanna make sure that I'm only, I'm delegating, yeah, I wanna delegate everything. I mean, frankly, I wanna delegate everything. I'd like to work myself out of a job so that I can do a new job. How I delegate means that I have to give instruction, means that I have to give deadlines, it means that I have to expect accountability back, and I'm open to people making mistakes. One of the worst things we can do is criticize people for making a mistake. Rather, we need to allow them to make mistakes. We need to allow ourselves to make mistakes. I think we're really hard on ourselves. As CPAs and as business owners, I think we, get, we, we tend to be very hard on ourselves. And we, need to, we really have to allow ourselves to make mistakes. And it's got to be okay for other people to make mistakes. We did a whole podcast on making mistakes that's part of delegation, though, because they need to know that it's okay. If, if, if they make a mistake, that's all right. They just need to admit it, and we need to adjust for it. If it's something that, you know, it's just they're not going to get good at, then we, we reassign that task to somebody else who's going to get good at it or who, who wants to do it. When we do that with ourselves and we do that with our staff, then how does that free us up for clients? Now we can look at, all right, what can we actually do for our clients? How can we do more for our clients and we can have more clients? Because we're going to we're going to be more productive doing those things we love to do. Now, how do you even tell when you're hiring somebody that they're going to be successful at doing a particular type of task? We use an assessment called Colby, it's K-O-L-B-E dot com, K-O-L-B-E com. This is an unpaid advertisement for Colby, all right? We use Colby, now other people use DISC, other people use Myers-Briggs. We use Colby because it's natural instinct, so it's all about behavior, right? How are they going to behave? And what are they going to naturally, what's their natural talents? What are they gonna naturally gravitate towards? And so we use that assessment before we hire anybody. And in some cases, there's a particular Colby score we're looking for. Okay, so if I need somebody to do a a lot of research, dig into the details, I'm not going to hire somebody with my Colby score because I know my Colby score is to simplify, not to dig in and get all the facts. So I'm going to find somebody who their Colby score is such that will dig in and get all the facts. On the other hand, if I want somebody who wants for a position where they're going to have a lot of interaction with clients and prospect and sales, for example, I'm not going to bring somebody in who's going to fight things, uh, new things, right? I need somebody really adaptable. Well, okay, that's a natural instinct. So We need to use some assessment. We can't just ask them. Here's the problem with just asking the question. You know, like, uh, I remember when I hired my assistant, one of the questions we came up with is, is there anything you're not willing to do? I think that's a fair question. On the other hand, I would like to know, I think a better question is, is there anything you don't want to do? I do want to know if they're willing to do anything, basically, within reason, right? I want to know, what is it they really want to do? what drives them what is what is going to get them up in the morning get them excited about this job because i want my personal assistant or my tax staff or my audit staff or my office manager i want them not to go oh, it's monday i can't i can't wait till friday i want them to go oh it, this is great it's monday it's a new week i get to go to work and some of you are going are you crazy no i Every morning, I write down some things I'm grateful for and, I'm, I, and something that I'm really happy about. Monday morning, if you look at my journal, it will almost always say, it's a new week. If it's a new month, it's a new month. If it's a new year, it's a new year. I get to start over. I love that. I love that I get to do what I do. I want everybody on my team to love doing what they're doing because they'll be more productive and we can get bigger. We can expand. Buckminster Fuller, one of the great minds of the 20th century, is noted for saying that the more people we serve, the more effective we become. So if we want to become better, meaning that we can handle more clients, we can handle a bigger firm, we can do more. We need to be able to do more for more people. And the only way to do that is to work on ourselves first and allow staff to work on themselves and us to help them work on themselves. I remember when we did our first course, our first training for our, uh, our uh, Wealth Ability Network, it's personal development. And people go, I have no idea what to expect coming into this. And they were so excited for every minute. Why because we're working on us. We're not looking at yeah we need to do the technical stuff. I mean you look at the continuing education out there and it's all technical or it's even it's business it's still technical in business. Where are we going to develop ourselves personally? And to me this is a big challenge in our profession. We have to be, bigger ourselves in order for our staff to be bigger, in order for our firms to be bigger, in order for our clients to be bigger. Okay. And I'm talking about way more. I'm talking about more capacity. If we want to have better clients, we need to have capacity for better clients. If we want more clients, we need to have capacity. And I'm not talking enough staff, just enough staff. I'm talking about we need ourselves to have more capacity to be able to handle more clients. How are we going to do that? Well, we, we're, we're going to need some systems. We're going to need some, a, a lot of things that we don't have now. Who's going to do that? Well, why hasn't it been done? Why haven't we done it so far? Maybe because it's not something we're good at. And maybe we need to sit down and figure out what is it that needs to be done and who's the right person to do it. And probably it's not us. Probably it's not us. So there are some things that absolutely. You should be doing yourself. It's And that's those things that you love doing that you're really good at, that gets you up in the morning. There are other things that we do because they have to be done and there's nobody else to do them. Well, let's now let's figure out, okay, who's the right person to do it? And it may be some, that you already have somebody on your staff that's available that wants to do that. They say... In the book Happiness Advantage, the author cites a study where they say there are three ways to look at any kind of task or job. It's a job, it's a career, or it's a calling. I can tell you our network of professionals, this is a calling for me. Changing, completely revolutionizing our profession this is my calling, I get up, I get excited every time I speak to one of our members, every time I get, I get to do this podcast because I see the opportunity for people to grow because I take, I've spent a lot of years, the last 15 years, I've spent a lot of time doing personal development work that other people have taught me and it's made me a better person, I can see it. I'm a, I'm a nicer person. I'm, I'm a better husband, I'm a better father, I'm certainly a much better boss, and a much better leader. So when we, and why? Because I'm really only, I'm doing my best to only do those things that I enjoy doing. If we do things that we don't enjoy doing that we're not good at, we get frustrated. And who gets the brunt of that frustration? Well, sometimes it's our spouse, sometimes it's our staff, sometimes it's our dog, right? You know, there's an old saying, you know, don't kick the dog, right? It's not the dog's fault that you, had bad, that you had a rough day. Don't be kicking the dog. Well, why should we ever have a rough day? If we're doing those things we love to do, and we've delegated to other people what they love to do, and there's people who love doing everything. There are janitors who love being janitors. It's their calling, Okay, I look at social workers. Love being social workers. I would hate being a social worker. They love it. There are doctors who see see their see see what they do as a job. There are doctors who see it as a career, and there are other doctors who see it as a calling. And we've all experienced those different doctors. And who do we want? Who would we want diagnosing our issue and or operating on us? We want the one who it's their calling. So consider that our clients feel the same way. If we're doing something we don't like doing, our clients feel that. Now, if we're doing what we're great at and what we love doing, and our staff is doing what they're great and they love doing, they're going to like coming to work, we're not going to have turnover. The training's going to be better. And the interaction with the clients is going to be way better. And now, at that point, we have us, we've worked on us, we've we've worked with our staff, now we can work with our clients. But until we do ourselves and our staff, how can we ever help our clients? How can we ever do, deliver to our clients what they need? If we think it's all about technical knowledge, I can tell you, I know people who are technically super competent who can't figure anything out. They they can't figure out how to use that technical competency. Or they can't figure out how to explain it to somebody. Or they can't figure out how to interact with somebody or they can't figure out how to do it for more than 50 clients so what I found and this is just my experience okay is that I find that when I'm doing what I love to do and I know I keep saying this I really wanna make this this point I'm gonna beat this dead horse until it's like ground into dust because when we do what we love to do and then our staff can do what they love to do, and then we can help our clients do what they love to do. We're always going to end up with better clients, a better practice, and a better life. You've been listening to the Wealth Ability for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to wealthability.com.